Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hey. Hello, hello. So, you know, nothing major this week. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to get into this? I mean, I just can't, I can't believe it happened. I am shocked. I'm still in shock. I have goosebumps from a number of scenes. I don't even know who you want to start with or where you want to start. Um, let's start everywhere and nowhere. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Let's just start where it happened. So, I mean, literally I was surprised. Like, Typically, when somebody has something important to say that they remember that's out there, nobody believes them. It's usually like 20 minutes of like, no, sit down and cutting them off. But instantly, Carly was like, Jonah or another baby he doesn't know about. It was like, instantly, she was like, you're making a lot of sense right now, Lucas. But I guess some people were surprised. And what was your feeling when you started to realize, huh? Carly's taking the lead on this. Well, as the girl, like, I mean, she's the head of the family. She represents so much. Like, Sunny, yes, he's the head of, like, his business. But Carly's very much that family person that pulls everything together. And she was the calm one. Like, she was able to just kind of, we know Bobby's a little erratic. We know that Michael is obviously speechless, Brad. Like, out of all those people in the room, she was the best person to take the lead. And she's Lucas's sister. So is Sam. <laughs> but, I know, but I feel but, like that would have like been a like it's it's a it's different because there's the connection with like obviously Michael is her son. Like there's just a lot of like layers yeah. to why it was important for her to be um, the main person to help it all come to light. I think it would have been out of character for for Sam to have taken the lead, but I think you're hitting on a lot of the points that Jennifer Francis eighty three twenty six said because she also pointed out that people were upset that Carly took over, and you know her response to that was that you know Carly is mama bear and she that's her mama bear instincts, and she says I think it was all sinking in for Michael. Um, so I think like you're on to something there. She was surprised too, that Sam didn't lose her crap over anything. Cause she's also had a kid swap away from Ooh. her. And I mean, not like aside from that point, mm-hmm. I just, I was thinking about this later as like the days are passing, but like, look at everything Sam did everything in regards to Shiloh. That was in part to protect Wiley. Yes. You know? So I, I kind of am surprised that we didn't hear more from her, that she didn't say more. But back to Carly, you're right. She had a lot of connection to Lucas, to Michael, and most importantly, to Nell. I mean, even in today's episode, she was like, it's all about me because Nell hates me. <laughs> and I mean, you know, to Michael's credit, she hates him a ton, um, too, <laughs> in, addition, in addition to Carly. But I have to admit, like, Carly did an amazing job walking everyone through that crisis and also getting all of the details out of Brad. And it does make sense story-wise because Michael, as we all saw, was in shock. And the thing about Lucas, throughout this storyline, we kind of got to know him and see him and see that he's a very together guy. He even said, like, you know, he pretends everything is perfect. I do think it's hard for him to deal with things that are messy. Like, you know, even today, like, he does so much to hold his emotions in. You're absolutely right about um, Lucas and his emotions. And we and they keep making mention to it. Like, it's all the time, or quite often, uh, Willow says, you know, like, 
it's Lucas is the one. Lucas was the focus of the person she wanted. Yes, Brad and him are a couple. Lucas is the one, Brad has said a number of times, you're the one that has it together and I want it to be strong for you. So him being able to process his emotions is like not something he normally does. And yeah, I do think it was important for Carly to take the front seat. And the thing is, Sam, even though she has a lot to contribute to this, she also knows when to take the back seat. And that's what makes her kind of good with her and Jason because they, they can read a room and they know when they have that's to like step true. in <laughs> and when they need to take a step back. Okay, when she called Sunny, I was like, is she calling Sunny to like take care of Brad? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, of course, she wanted them to know what was going on. It's a big deal. Sunny has a grandson. However, I think it kind of became clear that maybe she just wanted to see Jason. <laughs> like, because, I mean, just about anybody could have, you know, made that call. And, I mean, they would have been updated sooner or later. They were doing, like, mob-related things. And even when Jason came, he stopped in for, like, five minutes. And then he went back to doing whatever it was he was doing for Sunny. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that might have been a for Sam call but you're right about her deciding that you know this is the moment to kind of step back Carly's got this but in those moments you can kind of see that you know Lucas is the younger brother and Carly really was there to protect him and he has two very strong sisters that are able to kind of you know and they have throughout this year like had his back and really defended him so true you know what it's funny they had their little makeout and then she uh, left before like the parole officer comes right by. it's like what kind of weird <laughs> bizarre superpowers does a parole officer have uh, about this whole thing I do have to point out that Sasha I felt like she was so on point with her reactions because if you notice her, she's really emotional, but together in the background, like it's really hitting her as an outsider. And I kind of looked to Sasha for that normal person, that normie, which is what we call her, response <laughs> to things. And I feel like at this point, she's like, of course, your baby was switched in back from the dead. Obvi, obvi. <laughs> but I just felt like I liked her emotions. Like it was very, very real. Um, in the background, you could see Julian extremely tense. And today he does sort of confess that watching that whole thing sickened him. And especially because of the way Lucas reacted. So it just kind of sucks that he gets such a bad rap. Yes, he does dumb things. But at the yes. same time, it's like he's just not that bad a guy that everybody at the Corinthos house makes him seem to be. Like even over like earlier in the week when Carly and Bobby, like they wouldn't stop. Like I thought that they were past this when Lucas had his accident. Like the understanding of just seriously just coming together. There's no point of this petty stuff. Like Julian was really there for Bobby and handled a lot of things and all of this like, y'all, let's get him to Portland away from Julian. Like away from what? What? I know. I found that part a little confusing and the hostility doesn't need to be there. There's like no. a shared family there. So yes, I, I was really kind of like, it's so not necessary, but kind of taking it back to Sasha. And I thought it was really, you're, I like all the things that you said. And I also thought it was very significant that when, when she called Chase, you know, like she knows that he's close to him and that he can support the situation and help out and he needs to support Willow. Like that foursome is so strong. And then when those two gentlemen left, she stayed and she was like really on screen the entire time that this was happening, yeah. showing how ingrained she is in this family and how like it's it's really solidifying her place uh, with Michael, with like all of the changes that are going to happen right now. She's strong and she makes really good decisions. Like you pointed out, like the decision to call Chase and realize, OK, it's time we loop him in. She, she just makes really good choices. I mean, aside from her initial choices. 
when she came onto the show. <laughs> but, you know, I think that just, like you said, it just makes her so amazing. But in thinking about Julian Samore and the way that they treat him, I just keep yes. thinking it would have made sense, okay, if let's say everybody was really amping up the warmth toward Julian. Yeah. Because then we would be building him up for like a fall because I really don't know how long this like secret could really be kept that he sort of knew. I mean, at some point I just kept thinking like Lucas is overwhelmed, but now he Mm -hmm. understands, now he'll begin to understand Brad's behavior and why he had been acting the way that he had for over the year. But you can't think about that without, you know, considering, wait a sec, Brad's go-to was Julian. Brad's been stressed for a year and a half. So I just feel like that is like kind of super hard to ignore like at some point I feel like Lucas can make that connection by himself I think so too and just kind of tying into this judgment of Julian though like I know what he did wasn't right he he makes the wrong decisions for the right reasons it was done out of love for whatever reason I don't see that with Brad but I do see it with Julian but I was thinking about what Carly said to Jason when Jason came over and asked her if she was okay, yeah. she said something. Yeah, right? She's like, yeah. I can't believe this has happened again. This is what I did to AJ. But she, in that instant, justified what she did, and it was absolved and okay. But so did Jason. Exactly. But, but do you understand, like, even back then? So the way Steve Burton talks about, like, the show and his podcast is that the show is designed where the mobsters are the good guys and the cops are the bad guys. And so even back then... Like, Jason was the good guy. Like, Carly was, like, maybe the um, the girl who, like, messes up everything. She was all over the place. She was the bad girl. But ultimately, Jason, even though he was a mobster, was mm-hmm. the good guy. So I just think that the mere fact, years ago, that Jason agreed to go along with Carly made the act in itself good. Because even Jason vilified Robin for telling the truth to AJ. And wasn't Jason, like, the ultimate truth teller? Ooh, I never, like, I didn't catch that. Like, I didn't listen to the podcast where they said that. But, oh, my God, that's so true. So it, it just kind of clarifies so much for me right now. Even though, deep down, like, I knew it. Everything they do is right. Everything they do is forgiven. And they are the good guys and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just, like, I'm torn over this whole Julian thing because I don't want him to to fall again. Me, neither do I, but I still, I still think he's, like, Carly level. Like, I think he's still a redeemable character. And I do agree that it's just not as bad as what Jason and Carly did. You know, they were keeping him from AJ and the Quartermains. Obviously, like, the Quartermains aren't villains, as we can now see. But mm-hmm. I just think that, like, Nell is different. Like, <laughs> Nell is another <laughs> psycho. And I think bringing her in, there's always that scary, blurry line. Is that she does things that are similar to Carly. And it freaks her out. And also, even Jason sees it, you know? Like, even before all this baby switch. You know, just the fact that, like, she kind of, like, trapped Michael. And all this stuff she was doing. And that she she tried to, like, what she did with Sunny. And, like, Jason kept saying, you know you're not her, right? You know you're not her, right? And it's just this, like, mind, you know what I mean, to Carly Mm -hmm. to see a reflection of some of her behaviors, but also from somebody who is twisted and who is irredeemable. So it it is very confusing because it's not like, um, it's it's not such a clear-cut comparison between Carly and Nell. Actions may be similar, but they're very different people with different motivations, different intentions, Mm -hmm. and different capabilities in terms of, like, willingness to be good. Nell's got none. (laughs) She's having a blast. 
Exactly. And when she was spinning the truth at the apartment, I almost believed her. I oh my God. Like I was right there. I was like, I was right there. I'm like, okay, I misunderstood now. Like I was caught up in her, in her utter crazy and like knitting the blues was commenting about that as well. She had pointed out like, I'm so happy now lives the way she spins a lie. I love to watch it. She'll just keep spewing them out until the last possible second. I hope she comes back again someday. And the way that baby smiles every time I go around is too precious. So yeah, on another note, Wiley is just like amazing. And he does smile a lot with uh, Michael, but Nell and her lies, even down to the wire, even at the police station. Like, I don't know if that guard who was hearing her spin lies to Brad like, I don't even know if he can help her in her upcoming charges or trial. But the point is, we saw that she was convincing to that guy. You know, she was spinning lies, spinning lies. And she even got Brad moved. That was intense. Like, I couldn't believe, like, all of a sudden, it's really important for Nell to be comfortable. What about when Sam was getting harassed in her cell? Yeah, well, they're in, like, PCPD jail. They're not, like, in prison or anything <laughs> like that. And they're in their separate cells. But I just yeah. think, like, it, it goes to show Nell's power and and also with Brad I just kept thinking today like where did you think this was going like did you think that if ever you got caught Nell would just be like hey buddy let's just go down together like what did you think would happen I mean he had a hard time he never was able to control her she was always acting like she would take him back someday and I don't know if Brad is just delusional but it's I don't feel like she made her intentions unclear about becoming Wiley's mother again someday Okay, but he is totally delusional. Two scenes in particular was like, it really threw me off. The first scene threw me off was when um, they asked Willow to be, oh my gosh, what is the word right now? Oh, the guardian, the legal guardian? Yes, and for a second I was really confused because Brad was acting completely normal about the situation, kind towards Willow, excited for her response. I'm like, did he forget what is happening right now? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think he thought Portland was the answer to everything. And Mm -hmm. I just have to say, like, it was so bizarre to me to be like, Willow, will you be the guardian of your baby? Because, I mean, it would have been weird enough for Wiley one day to be like, hey, bio mom, why are you my nanny? Then (laughs) to be like, oh, my God, my dad's died. My parents are gone. And now I'm being returned to my biological mom. Like, it's just so weird. It's like the opposite of how these stories normally work. I just love the GH twist on things because exactly, it isn't normal. So I just think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then we'll move on. Okay. So like the second thing that completely like, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on with Brad? It was when, well, what apparently Nell is a ninja and she just can get on the Corinthos compound and oh my God! escorted I, to the door. <laughs> okay, I have to say this. Sharon Bueller said this. Yeah, and how she gets into the Corinthos compound, not once but twice, so far-fetched. And I was just laughing because it's like, you have guards. Like, you have guards? <laughs> What's going on? Just because you called off the one that brought her in doesn't mean you don't have other guards. Are you telling me you literally just have guards at your front door? Well, especially with this whole Cyrus thing. I'm like, what is going on? We need to amp up security. If Nell can get through, we have a bigger <laughs> problem than we anticipated having. I love how she just screams her Brad. Brad! <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I love it. I love it. It's just so freaking amazing. She's completely insane. And then he goes ahead and tells her where the baby is. Like, hello? Well, that's exactly it. I'm like, those two, th- those two moments this week, he's like, you've lost your gosh darn mind. And then trying to blame Nell for him taking the baby. It's like, okay, but this whole time, she wasn't, like, behind you with a gun for, like, a year and a half. <laughs> No, I mean, to his defense, he totally um, <laughs> did suggest it. And he was the one who lost his baby. And he was the one that was more vulnerable. But to Lucas's point, he said, you know, you were grieving. I understand. But the very next day, when maybe, you know, Nell's not around and doesn't have like a hold on you and the spell has been broken, you could have said it and we could have maybe figured it out then. So to Lucas's point that's very true you know what I mean like we can understand how he was vulnerable in the moment but give it a couple of hours give it a couple of days he could have been like what the hell am I doing but that doesn't occur to Brad and it wouldn't have been fun for us if he did either like I know it sucks I know it sucks but I'm like the way that they did it I don't know if it was always planned to come out this way but it makes me think that they were so thoughtful in the storyline like everybody was complaining that was going on so long but it was kind of obvious I felt like from the start that this was going to be like a really long thing so that's why I was just like, man, <laughs> like put it in the back burner. But did you notice like the parallel, like let's make it a year and a half kidnapping. Like Michael was kidnapped a year and a half. They even had a flashback. So when Brad was trying to explain himself to Lucas, they even flashed back to the promise that Brad had made to him. So I mean, yes. it was really, really well thought out the way that they did the reveal. The only thing missing according to P.T. Moxie was what would have made today's episode even more satisfying would have been one of Carly's signature slaps right across Brad's little weasel face. <laughs> That's true. Like that would have needed a little <laughs> extra soapy. But I think like if anybody were to slap him, it should have been like, you know, Lucas. I agree 100% agree with the slap. But that's not his style. You know what I mean? Like as it is, it's so hard for him to get mm-hmm. his, his stuff out. And even Michael, Michael's performance was just heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. And yes, I like I agree with you that the story was very thoughtful because there were so many layers to it. We're always looking for, you know, we want our stories to end. We want them to continue. But I also want to see, as they've done such a good job with, I want people's reactions. I want to see every emotion. I want to see the impact and how it unfolds. And they definitely got me with every single part of this because we've discussed podcast on top of podcast that as much as we want Michael to know that this is his baby, we did not want the other side of this. We did not want Willow to know that her baby no. was gone. Like the whole time, that's all I kept thinking. Like, yes, it'd be nice, but I'm like, mm, I don't want to see the end of the storyline because I don't want to see Willow find out the truth. It was really hard. It was really hard to see her learn the truth. But before we get there, her fight with Nell. Oh man, she's a tough chick. Like I, I was like. <laughs> I love when she's like, get up. <laughs> she punched her. But yeah. that's the thing, though. Like, she was she was really um, handling herself. But the moment the monitor went off, I was like, Willow, don't break concentration. Because clearly that's the moment Nell is going to smack her. You, you, can't, you can't take your eye off Nell for, like, a second. So, yeah, Willow tried her best, winds up unconscious, propped up against the hall. It was so funny. Johnny's like, so where's Willow? Uh, what did Nell do what? while uh, Wait, what's her name? Willow? Willow? <laughs> that was awesome. Oh my God. A year and a half. And I never made that oh. mistake. Like, oh. oh man. Okay. So, so he's like, what happened? What did Nell do to Willow? I'm like, um, she propped her up against a wall. <laughs> unconscious. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, she, she moved her in a hallway. <laughs> 
that's it. Um, but today was like super heartbreaking. I mean, there was a lot of screaming and then there was a lot of like piecing the story together. But I think mm-hmm. for me, the part that killed me the most was when, you know, it seems like she's processed the details and understands that it's true. And then I felt like it really sunk in and we were seeing it from her perspective. Oh gosh. When she starts saying that, like, you know, Brad treated her baby, like tried to exchange her baby, like a cheap appliance and the realization that her baby died in the arms of no one that loved him or knew who he was. And that like killed me today. So, I mean, we both have kids. When she screamed, like, my whole body, like, I had goosebumps. And you just freeze because you just feel her moment. I felt every part of that. It was devastating. She did really good. I mean, she was brought on for this storyline. And, you know, it ends right here. And it's just, it's really hard. And, I mean, that that scene was really tough. And also, I didn't think it would be that hard, but it was. So, at the Quinto's house... You know, mm-hmm. Lucas is with the kid and, and, you know, Michael's like, here, you know, take it. And then, you know, Lucas brings Wiley back to Michael. And when he was physically handing Wiley to Michael, oh, my God, I started crying. I'm like, I could never do it. Because the whole time mm-hmm. he was so level-headed. And, like, even Sonny was saying, you know, like, Lucas knows how this is going to end. And, you know, it's obvious in all of his actions. It was obvious from the moment the truth came out that Lucas knew what he'd be doing and that Wiley would be handed off to Michael but yes oh my gosh that was so hard to watch I'm like I couldn't do it I literally physically couldn't do it and then he turned around to to hug Bobby oh my god all of it all of the parts were so hard and like you said like Michael's face and when he started like he was on boy two when he started talking to Brad and just explaining the pain he went through and all the things he had to deal with in terms of losing his child and then when he got Wiley back, like, all of it was just heart-wrenching. It, yeah, and I think it's just, it's going to continue to be that way because mm. we haven't really seen Michael and Willow just yet. Because Willow was articulating the moment of, why, well, well, who we thought was Jonah. Because mm. she remembers all the stories Michael told her about Jonah's death. So today she was articulating the scene because she's heard it before from Michael. So it's just insane that now she's, you know, rethinking those scenes and and realizing it was her son. So I think another epic scene to be like that, that we'd be really excited to see is, is Willow and Michael. Because I I feel like I could see Willow wanting to now know from Michael, please tell me every single moment you can. And I do wonder if she's going to show up to the jail to talk to Nell. (gasps) Oh my gosh. There's, you're absolutely, there's so much to still unfold. Like, because he held Jonah. Like, he still had yeah. that last moment of, of saying goodbye. Like, he was the last person. Well, to Willow especially, he's the only person with a heart. Yes. Who last held her baby that she would want to know um, about those moments. And I am surprised, and so is Rosalind has, that Brad uh, didn't out Julian. I am too. Because he's so... He's so... He's not a strong man. He makes really He's ridiculous not. decisions. And we know that I was, I thought that after all of what he felt was mental torture by Julian, that he would just want to take him down with him. But maybe in that moment, maybe for like a tiny little part of him thought, 
I, it was a gift because he took away his son that he's leaving him with his father and the potential to have that relationship. Well, I, I mean, I'd like to think that Brad thought of it that way, that to not take everything from Lucas, but I just felt like it, this is his moment to have a little dignity here, <laughs> you know, because as Julian pointed out, if you did this, then you need to kind of like too bad. You have to suffer the consequences of carrying this burden of what you did. So I felt like, it's the least he could do. And earlier in the week, him and Julian had an exchange at the hospital where in a twisted way, Brad was trying to convey like his fondness for Julian and appreciation for his support, even though Julian was still very threatening towards Brad. But I just thought it was hilarious that in the Corinthos house, of all people to be arrested, it was Brad. Oh my God, so true. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was hilarious when I saw him being pulled away in handcuffs. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I'm sure this is not what the police had in mind (laughs) when they were making an an arrest. They were on the way to that house. And that's so funny because, like, I can picture just as you're saying it, like, they look in their files and they see the Carantos address. They're like, finally, yes. And then they open the file folder and it's like Brad's face. (laughs) I know. How disappointing. Oh my gosh, so just like like little last things about like um, the reveal. Like Bobby was really mad. I mean, this happened to her son, but like part of me was like, I don't know, like I get that you're mad, but you know, Wiley's still your grandson. Just um, greater. You know, like now you're his great grandma. Like, do you really have space to like go at Brad like this? And it was just sort of like when she accused Brad of like, oh, your little grieving father bit. I was like, he did lie, Whoa. but I don't think that was a bit. Like, I mean, it was very much what happened. And then she just wouldn't stop. Like with the whole Julian thing, when it comes to Lucas, it's like her and Carly just don't stop saying like Julian sucks. And like right now he's grieving. And I just think anybody going through a breakup, no matter how much you think that their significant other sucks, just don't say it. You know, you're just making them feel dumber about them being with that person and it's just like Bobby wouldn't stop basically going after Brad in front of Lucas I mean yes Brad deserves it but I just feel like Lucas doesn't deserve to hear that I think there's like a bigger picture here Lucas needs your support he doesn't need you to bash like you know when you're in high school you like bash somebody's boyfriend because you think that's the right thing to do but it's not really the right thing to do it's get your friend chocolates and Kleenex in a sad movie (laughs) exactly and that was supposed to be the goal of what her and Carly were, were supposed to do and I guess it goes back to what you were saying earlier that Carly was the better choice you know, to stand up for Lucas than maybe Bobby would have been. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so the, uh, and, and also I guess Sam overhearing like uh, Nell's plans were utterly useless. That didn't come up at all. <laughs> no, I thought that would have been like a major part to um, the story unfolding because obviously as in typical soap opera fashion, she only heard maybe 1% of what was happening. But at but the same she time, heard, she heard enough about like her trying to leave exactly so finding out the truth piecing two and two together hello and no brad had to openly say i told Nell where <laughs> oh my gosh no nothing got pieced together whatsoever like i'm watching sam is anything gonna happen here nothing happened at all so from one pi to another curtis um <laughs> oh man what did you think about his behavior this week I liked it. <laughs> I just, I think it's interesting. I like it when Curtis gets a little intense. The sad part is for me is that he's fighting for something that's like no longer there. Cause Jordan is making it very clear. I mean, 
I know I'm fast forwarding a little bit and I'll take it a step back. No, it's fine. But the fact is, Taggart is the one telling Jordan. So exactly what Curtis is saying, like you're taking this man's opinion over mine and listening to him over me and you've been making him a priority. Taggart walks in, yes, you should tell what's going on. And she's listening to him more than she's listening to her husband. Like it was just intense. All of the, I love them sitting side by side and sharing um, Taggart and Curtis what information they knew about each other. Well, Taggart won that easy. I know. <laughs> okay, so okay, this is going to sound bad, but like yeah. I have like the opposite of opinion. Like I typically love Curtis. Yeah. But I was like, you're so pathetic. Like it, it, it kind of goes back to the Anna Hayden conversation where we're like, why are you letting them know that the other person has the upper hand and your partner's not telling you anything? Like, why would you let somebody know that? Like, why would you go up to Taggart and be like, well, my wife's not talking to me, so I want to talk to you. Like, Taggart doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care. The same way when Anna went up to Hayden, it was like, why are you letting them know that they have the upper hand? And you're doing a crappy job of tailing him. Like, when, okay, first of all, Taggart and Trina, I mean, of course we were waiting to see who she was connected to. I just didn't think it would be revealed in that way, especially in an episode where we're already getting so much reveal. It was like, everyone's learning the truth except for Curtis. <laughs> My favorite part with Curtis, though, here's the thing. It's the silliness behind it. It's the we know what's going to eventually happen. It's a you know fact-finding mission for him to be away from Jordan. My favorite part, though, is that exactly that. There's PI, a police officer, there's Jordan, and then he's up on top of a staircase when they're on the pier. They don't notice him, and he hears 5% of the conversation. All of them are useless. <laughs> it's just the thing with Curtis. I'm not going to deny that Jordan, look, it, you know when someone you care about is lying to you. So yes. I, Jordan obviously has a part in, in sending Curtis into a spiral. So Casey Master was like, why does Jordan think she can treat Curtis this way? It seems like she doesn't realize he's her husband, and she's supposed to be in love with him. Yes. Right. Yes, at least you agree. And I, I don't not agree, but I'm like, it's kind of like I'm just annoyed. Like, even though Curtis <laughs> is very justified, I was like, can you back off? Because, like, you're being a crappy PI. You're just sucking right now. Like, you're very much sucking. Like, you're, you're showing your hand. You're basically stomping around like a little baby. Oh, I don't know anything. You guys, please tell me. And it, that's what it looks like. And it's just sort of like when he was telling Taggart, for instance, oh, tailing you if I were tailing you you wouldn't know it I'm like you told Jordan two seconds ago that you were tailing Taggart and now he's calling you on it so right away I feel like in Jordan's eyes Taggart has a bit more credibility than you do because you're not even like doing your work stuff right aside from the relationship stuff he loses it to the point where he accuses her of cheating like she did on his brother and I was like the fact that you can say that sentence like it's pissed me on to me and I feel like that speaks to issues that maybe you didn't acknowledge you had yes you're asking whether she's having an affair or not and she is able to confirm she's able to confirm to you no it's work related so I think for me that's what bugged me a lot is because she did say it's not sexual. It's not any of that. My favorite was when, like, he came to her and said, is Trina yours? And she was like, yeah, <laughs> I've had a baby with every man I've ever worked with. I like to call them my undercover babies. And I was, like, dying of laughter. I thought it was hilarious. But, like, he was really annoying me at this point, like, really badgering her because I felt like she 
she answered the question by saying it's work related and I can't tell you everything. And so from that point on, it bothered me that he got what he needed to know relationship wise. I felt that he was pushing and I know, and I know she has included him on every case she's worked on up until this point. I get that. But I was just really annoyed that she said it was work-related and I can't always share any, everything work-related, that he still kept pushing. Like, that really bugged me. Okay, so here's the thing. I was dying of laughter when she said yes to Trina because for, like, a millisecond, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but then the whole undercover baby thing, like, I was dying of laughter. But exactly that. I feel like this is the first time since they've been a couple that she's uttered that line. So, yes, he is going to push because he does not understand what that means because I wouldn't either I'd be like okay that's nice that you pick and choose but you can tell me something and this is the first time you're saying it to me when this new person is in your life like I get the (laughs) aggravation I get the anger because it makes no sense with like how their relationship has been all this time when nobody else was involved it's really funny because it's like no that's the thing you're absolutely right and it makes no sense that I have this stance I think it's just my personal stuff that I'm just like (laughs) okay, you're bugging me. You're bugging me now (laughs) and you're just in my space. And it's funny because I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm Jordan in the sense where it's like, she's already feeling meh about it. Like clearly she's been that way for a while now. (laughs) I think the moment he was dismissive of her. Yes. She was kind of like, this is a big deal to me. And like, she didn't articulate it. And that is on her. But you know, like when you're already feeling a certain way and the person is like, she is creating the situation. She's creating Curtis's behavior, but his behavior is really just supporting the fact that you are in fact annoying. And so I think, (laughs) I think those are the feelings I'm catching when I'm watching it is that even though she set up this whole situation, I'm like, yeah, I'm super annoyed with you right now. And like, the funny thing was, and I know this for a fact, is that if Jordan were ever to tell him, it would be because she had a private conversation with Taggart who said, I think we should tell our families. Like if they didn't have that, all three of them in the office together, I believe Mm -hmm. that if Jordan were to ever tell Curtis and be honest with him, it wouldn't be because she's like, it's my husband, I need to do this, I love him. It would have been because like, she feels more bonded to Taggart right now. Like there's so much distance between her and Curtis. But 100%. even with that, but even with that, I'm like, Curtis, you're being a bit much right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and even today when he's all like, oh, oh, you have a target on your back and people are going to tell me. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I, just, <laughs> I was like, for me, I was just like, okay, but, and what if Jordan was a man? Like, I'm just saying she's a police officer and being in that field. I was like, what do you mean in this? I was like, what do you mean in the (laughs) storyline? No, I just meant like, of course, I got you in a relationship to be equal. But I think in a way it is like the roles are a little bit reversed. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, at the end of the day, she is a cop. She was a DEA agent. Like she's been high up in like whatever law stuff that you do (laughs) and I just feel like wouldn't it be part of that culture to be like I want to protect you and she did like she went out to see Cyrus on her own to kind of gather information like I feel like on the work front oh maybe that's what bugs me kind of like what Valentine would do to Nina like be all up okay maybe that's Mm -hmm. what's triggering me so Mm -hmm. like I just felt like she was just gathering information before making a plan like she has zero plan All she's been doing is being like, oh, crap, oh, crap, someone's killing my friends, someone's going to kill me. 
and she had no plan. And so right now she was just sort of gathering information. So you have some Valentine PTSD is what's happening right now. A little bit. I don't know. I, I feel like it's just interesting. Again, if, if Jordan was a man, would Taggart and Curtis be like, you went to go see him? Uh, you're right. I think that would have been a different situation because I don't know. So that's, because he, that's he's why... a very dangerous man. He is, but this is why I feel like it's interesting to watch this. And it's just it's just interesting the way I even feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know. Like, it, it's just, it feels like a role reversal going on. You know, I, I understand both sides, but for some reason right now, and it's purely emotional, I'm like, yeah, I'm with Jordan. I'm annoyed with Curtis right now. And I'm okay with like her just doing her thing. Okay, but how did you feel when you found out her connection to Cyrus? I was like, you're cooler than I thought. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, because the thing is, we, we, that's how Jordan came into the show. She dumped TJ and was doing undercover work. This is really cool that her undercover work is coming back and really, like, building her story. I think it was really messed. Because the thing is, it sounds like the thing she did with Cyrus were a lot more messed up than manufacturing evidence for crimes he did commit. And I'm like, that's why you didn't want to tell, like, Curtis, you have a stolen kidney inside of you. And you have the nerve to judge his feeling of a kidney when you did what you did. See, I make no sense. One minute I'm on her side, the next minute I'm not on her side. It's really messed up. Um, no, I get what you're saying. No, I think there's far more to the story, especially the way the, how do you say, like, how Cyrus was saying that. It wasn't the words he was saying. It's, like, how he was saying that how he was looking at her, how he, it looked like he wanted to reach out and touch her. Like you almost wonder, like, did it go past her being the right hand man? Well, he was obviously really fond of her and her work. I don't know. I know. Like was, was she the Jason of his world? You know what? She was the right hand man when she, um, she was, she was at that level when she infiltrated the Jerome organization. Oh my that's intense. Yeah. So she's good at what she does, wow. sort of, when she's not at the PCPD. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I'm loving that it all started with Curtis asking Sunny for relationship and marriage advice <laughs> to me being like, things are going to go down. I never imagined it to, to go this way. I, I can't even express how much I love that Taggart is involved because I hated him. Like, back when he was on the show, right now I'm like... I kind of like him a little bit more than Curtis at the moment. I just, and I, and I, I love the history that he's bringing back to it. I don't like, before I go into Tyrant and Trina, I was like curious, do you think that Jordan would tell Sonny? Cause Sonny and Jason are kind of figuring it out. Like the personal stuff could be like mm -hmm. revenge or love. And I like this better than him being Sasha's dad. I like this way better too. I did not want that whole thing to happen, but it's just, you know, kind of ideas up in the air. I think it will be very valuable as much as she wants to be against Sunny to bring him in on what's going on so they can battle this together. Oh my gosh. I love it. Do you know how satisfying that would be for Sunny to find out that like he's in town because of Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> Oh I think they would laugh so much, but once I found out that, like, she had a connection to Cyrus, it, um, it made sense her conversation that she had with TJ when he wouldn't stop talking about her safety. Yes! Okay, that made sense. Me too, because I'm like, what is happening? Is she having guilt from her past, like, because he's getting yeah. married? Is she, being, is she being nostalgic, or is it just, like, the death that's surrounding her right now? Well, is TJ getting married? <laughs> oh my gosh, I was laughing so hard. I'm like, I don't know where Molly has a friend. Of course he does. <laughs>
Oh, and I thought it was, they're like, let's go to this super fancy vegan restaurant. I'm like, yes, you should. (laughs) I think Um, like, I think it's one of those things that just deserves a second conversation. Like as much as Molly said what she said, I think it's very different when it's her own wedding because she could do what she wants and make it as anti whatever she wants to make it. But like, I was like, what are you doing, Sam? Are you trying to make them propose now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it's just, it's silly. It's, it's a nice light story to all the heaviness that's going on. Yeah, I do hope it goes forward without, like, too much drama because it would be nice if that's just the nice thing we get. You know, we have all this drama, all these storylines going on, and it would be nice to have, like, a Molly TJ wedding to to just sort of happen in a cute, funny way, maybe. That the obstacles aren't exactly real obstacles, but just, like, funny. I totally agree. Um. Okay, so Trina and Taggart. I love this scene with, like, Cameron. I love just the recognition of, like, wait a minute, are you Elizabeth's son? And how he mentioned Faith Roscoe. Okay, who's Faith Roscoe and who's Gia? She was a major, major um, mob boss. She was violent. She had kidnapped, uh, I think, she, yeah, she had kidnapped Morgan, Christina, and Michael. And oh, okay. I think she was the one who faked Michael's death, actually. All right. Yeah, That's so she was, she, was, she was quite the villain. It sucked when she got killed off. But yeah, she was... Uh, she was literally quite the villain. The only uh, female mob boss they've ever had go up against Sunny. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, that's intense. But I, yeah, I like the history. I liked that, you know, how Cam was being so respectful and how Trina's just like, whatever, that's my dad. He's, like, he's not even cool. I just, like, don't even bother with him. <laughs> I know. She told him. She said something like, he used to live here in the 1900s. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I, I, I would love to see Elizabeth's reaction when Cameron's like, yeah, Trina's dad is Taggart. He says he knows you. I would love just to see, like, her reaction to that. Me too. It just, like, ties them together in such a cool way. When um, Mac asked Taggart for dinner and he's like, is there anyone you'd like to bring? And he was like, no, there is someone. Or he basically alluded to, like, I love Jordan. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like right now if Curtis keeps us up, even though, like, they hugged and she was all like, oh, I'm telling you things now, and we're hugging. I'm just like, I don't know if this is going to like go over well. Because I just didn't think Curtis would play it in this way where he would be the little kid kicking and screaming, you know? I've never seen Curtis like that. That's true. I guess when you're going to, you feel like you're going to lose the thing that you love the most. But the scene <laughs> that was like the funniest and where you're saying they treated him like a kid was when Trina and Cam were outside, and they were having that like head-to-head, and Jordan walks in, and kind of stops the verbal punching and basically says, okay, Curtis, you're on timeout. And Curtis like, why? I know. <laughs> I know. And she's like, Taggart, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and the attitude like Trina was giving was amazing. Even funnier was Cam being like, I can't be involved. I just got off probation. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, oh man, did, did her dad hear that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. By the way, did we just see the last of Deb and Brando this week? Um... Okay, so that's what I was worried about. I'm like, is Dev really going off to boarding school? We just met Brando, and we we think he's a lovely human being, and we'd like to see him more. I was like, this can't be. You can't just show a man like that, introduce him to us, and then just take him away. Everybody needs a Jason part Dev. <laughs> Oh, man, that was so disappointing. And then, like, Carly's like, I love you, Deb, all of a sudden. And, I mean, it was amazing to have, like, Carly 
you know, express that love to Dev and to talk about how much he's been integrated into the family, but then followed by bye-bye. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm hoping that was just something that was said and we'll forget about next week and they'll be back. Like, it's just not fair. Like, they're going to be gone and then, like, what's-her-face is still there? I hope not. Could you imagine? She, like, pops out of a bedroom. Like, what's going on, everybody? I heard some commotion downstairs. Where's my grandson? <laughs> Okay, but we're forgetting that they've all had this big conversation, but Joss is not aware of what's happening. We don't have her take her opinion. Trina doesn't know yet. He's he's forgetting that even though he doesn't want to get caught, he still has a friend group that has his back hard. So I think it's going to be interesting when those guys find out and if that's going to change his mind as to if he needs to go or not. I hope so, because I was scared that when Cameron was asking Trina what's new, I thought she would have casually just said, well, Dev left town. Like, I was scared that it was just like, yeah, yeah, it's true, and it's just going on in the background. So the fact that nobody knows yet, I'm hoping that there's still exactly that, some hope that once his friends talk to him, maybe he'll change his mind. But I don't know, Brent, um, Dev, sorry, has got like, bigger concerns you know what I mean than the rest of them do like I just think that he's a bit more mature he has different life experience and if Mm -hmm. leaving means protecting everybody I feel like that's something Dev would do he wouldn't not go unless somebody has a better plan okay I I I can see your point of view but I think it's funny that you call Dev Brando because he's obviously really on your mind oh yeah um he He very much is (laughs) so there was a scene with Brando and Lulu at the Metro Court. And like, yes. talk, about, talk about freaking somebody out. What do you mean? Well, she's like, you know, everybody wants to know, um, wants to hear about a hero. And if you have any skeletons in your closet, you better clear them out now because everybody's going to be digging into you. Like, these are not the words she used. But she basically like freaked That's what she him. meant. Yes, exactly. And I would be freaked out too and ready to leave town because there's She's a so lot of annoying. <laughs> just go away. <laughs> just go away. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. I was just like, why do you have him out in public? Why would you have him in the same place as Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brando, and talking to Lulu if he's just gone? Yeah, I'm really confused about this. I'm confused about that whole scene, Brooklyn being the hostess. Dustin With the mostest. And... Right? Oh my god. She's hilarious. It was this week, right? Because like Lulu goes up to Valentine, like, say you're not a cast of mine. He's like, I'm still Charlotte's dad. I'm like, there he is. There he is. And I'm like, Lulu, like, she'll never win one conversation with him, like, ever. She won't win, but I gotta tell you, that expression on his face when he saw Jax and Nina having breakfast was good enough for me. Oh, that was amazing. See, that's another way of, like, looking so pathetic. When he's, like, he walks over, can I talk to you for a second? Like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, maybe slowly he'll realize he has no power over her. But, like, he didn't seem to get to her. Like, she wouldn't even look at him. I was really impressed by her. That time with Jax must have been very confident. What do you say? Like, boosted her confidence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was quite the detox. <laughs> so, but, like, I guess. I guess for me, I would, first of all, she was so funny, like pretending to be asleep when he walked in. It was was the best, but I guess I just, I don't know. I I thought that like when they were like, oh, should we, what should we do? I thought that they would have like gone on a date, but I mean, this is good too. Yes, that is very good. Um, Did you notice that like they wouldn't stop saying the word skulking and defining it? They must have said it four times that day. I thought that was really funny. Like, why am I getting a vocabulary lesson? I had to Google it. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it based on your explanation, but I feel like I must 
Google this. So, I mean, yeah. So, they did it. And uh, that's good. <laughs> and it was fantastic. So, then we finally got Nell to Valentine's room. And so, everything kind of became clear here. What got me was that, like, okay, so we know why she took the money. So, it wasn't about the money. He basically offered her a plan that was in line with her vision board. And she was, <laughs> yay. And then he was all like, I never real reveal my agenda. And then he like revealed his entire agenda. I'm like, is this everything? So yeah. So Valentine is doing this to get revenge on Michael and Sasha. How this affects Sasha. I have like no idea, but yeah, this, this is vengeance. Vengeance. I find it so weak and bizarre that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Okay. So a couple of other people feel the same way. So BMF's bride said, all the people on his list, and it's Michael, this is the most unvalentine thing ever. And Knitting the Blues had a similar opinion, and we talked about it to, uh, this week. So she wrote, he doesn't usually take the bait. He smugly remains above the fray, but goes after Michael. What's he going to do to Ava? So I was thinking about it as I was writing back to Knitting the Blues. I was just like, okay. Yeah, it is weird because he has, like, so many enemies. <laughs> like, Jax, for one, you know, you imagined killing him, and now you're going after Michael. Yeah, I just think Michael is, like, a mini Jax, and it's a Jax he can actually win against. And I think that going after Michael might be, to him, maybe he doesn't, he won't acknowledge it to himself, but, like, an easy win. Like, he lost a lot and needs to build some confidence, and maybe Michael's just the way to do that for him. Okay, you know what? When you put it that way, I could definitely see it as more of a valid vengeance plan. <laughs> yeah, because it's more of like, let me build myself back up. It's kind of like a, like him starting over that it's like under the guise of like vengeance against Michael. But I have to say like, man, Michael is a disaster. He's brought so much problems to his family with Nell and now with Valentine. Like, I just kind of agree with Ned that this is maybe not the time for Michael to be the head of the company. No, uh, I, I agree. And I don't want it to be like a big quarter main brawl. I'm hoping it comes from a place of genuine care. Because now that Michael just found out that he had a baby, it would kind of be harsh if like his own family went after him. Exactly. I wonder what that'll do. Because even today, you know, like the fact that Lucas is like, you're going home with Michael. I was like, where is that? Like, I know you live at the quarter mains, but I just felt like maybe for the night, everybody could have stayed at like Sunny and Carly's. So, like, Lucas could have also been there to help Wiley integrate. So, yeah, I just think Michael is just in a really vulnerable spot. And maybe he would willingly step down to take some time with uh, Wiley. It's like, dude, you're rich. Just just be rich for a little bit. Spend time with your kid. That's a really good point. But, see, Ned is a politician. So he is going to, once he finds out, he's going to fine-tune that situation to make sure that he has the position that he needs. He, I don't feel that in this generation of what's going on with the quarter means that he needs to use any devious tactic in order to get what he wants. He just has to be like, you have your son. I would love to just continue to do what I'm doing so that you have the opportunity to build a relationship with him. And I think Michael would be happy to be able to do that. I, I honestly think Michael should just let him kind of take over right now. I don't think he can handle it. But one thing's really got me though. Tracy's whole point of coming back was to warn them that somebody was coming after ELQ. How would she know because, like, I mean, we know it's Valentine. Like, I don't understand. How would someone overseas know that Michael hurt Valentine's feelings and that he's <laughs> out for revenge? Like, how, how would this be known? Because it's like we're only seeing Valentine put his plan in motion now. But to our understanding, 
her and Luke got into some stuff with some people in Europe. Mm-hmm. So, huh? I'm not sure. If, you know, maybe, like, was that there to throw us off? Was that there to stir the pot with Ned to put his guard up? Like, I'm not sure because she just kind of swooshed in and swooshed out. Exactly. So I'm just kind of curious about that connection because like, I mean, we see that she's not wrong. And I mean, why come all this way just to try to get Ned to be in charge if there wasn't like an actual threat or something like that? Yeah, that part's weird. And honestly, I'm not sure where they're going with like Tracy involved in the storyline. Yeah, I have no idea either. Also something. So Chase showed up at the Quartermains and he keeps doing this, you know, like badgering Michael about Sonny. And it's just like, I don't know, like, why don't you be a cop? Like, it's kind of bugging me. Like, what did you think you were going to do? Use your friendship with Michael to be like, can you turn on Sonny? And so I don't have to do police work. Like, what are you doing? I don't understand his motive, but I like the way he was able to turn from like adversary to friends. Like there is a line where he was, you know, he started off at the Quartermain house, but he ended up at the Corinthos house helping him with this super personal issue. Okay, so I have to admit, watching the flip in the relationship between Chase and Michael is kind of fun and interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. But it was just when he's like, could be accusatory towards Michael. I don't really like it. Like when he was like, it's like you've been doing it all your life. And he's like, yeah, I have. <laughs> and the fact that Michael had to explain that our lives are separate. And another thing that I feel like is going to bite Chase now that Willow knows her son has died Mm-hmm. Is that he has all this like anti baby talk while also being good with babies? Like he brings it up and then comes back around, but he still brings up the fact that babies could be trouble and babies Ooh. not right now. And oh, you think it's a good idea to be Wiley's guardian? And I mean, they're very inane, and he ends up spending time with Wiley and ends up all being very good. But I just wonder if these sprinkles of anti baby comments here and there is going to be something that's going to be hard for Willow or something she might throw in his face while she's grieving. Ooh. Because, like, right now she's lost her baby. She might want to, like, force the issue of having a baby now. And then exactly that. It's going to bring up all this stuff. And there's going to be, like, a wedge between them at this point. Well, I don't think she's Kim. So I don't True. know <laughs> if she'll force a baby. Or if well, it's just, just going to come out in the sense of, like, you just don't understand. You know, you never really wanted babies. You know, because like mm. Michael, there's already an implicit understanding because she, he grieved the baby that is hers. He did it first. Mm. You know? So I just yes. think in, in just like an anger that comes with grief and like feeling misunderstood, that maybe it can come out in that way. Yikes. That would be really harsh. I think it will be. Wow. Okay. It's, it's, right. it's possible. It's possible. Okay. So Anna Peter, so she decides to ask him a question and she really, really wants the truth. And rather mm-hmm. than ask him something like, did you kill Drew? She asked about the whole attorney general thing. <laughs> I know. She's so lame. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he tried to spin everything about like how this is all Robert's doing. And I just love this part where like, Anna's like, we haven't split up. We're just taking time. Meanwhile, Finn's like at, at Chase's house being like, I left Anna. <laughs> I know, it was so great. I loved it. <laughs> oh man. And then when he sees Sam, I'm like, leave her alone. It's like keep egging on a hitman's wife and see where that gets you. Did you not see Jason blow up a warehouse and not even flinch? The two guys on the floor are practically like falling over and turning away, and Jason's like, I'm just gonna take a stroll 
away from this blown up warehouse. Okay. So, so much that you just like packed into that one sentence. I love it. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) Anna and Peter, I think the fact that she is so convinced that they're on a break is it's to lend towards her delusion, her delusion towards Peter, her delusion towards her life and the bubble that she's created for herself. I love that Finn is being honest with himself. And I so appreciate their, how much the relationship has evolved with him and Chase and how they can depend on each other. It's so lovely. And yes, when Peter was talking to Sam, I'm like, you seriously think you're invincible slash have a death wish. Seriously. But I, I, I love the relationship he has with Chase. And I like that because, you know, it's taken a long time. Like Finn has really cemented relationship. He's really trying to like be vulnerable with people. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Finn, like how he, his character started out. He's really opening up. And I love he's so sweet. Like because to him, it's like, OK, Chase is with Willow. And he decided to open up to both of them about the breakup. And Willow's like, should I really be here? And then she like <laughs> walks away. And he's kind of it's like the look on his face is like, was it something I said? <laughs> like he's trying so hard to like open up. And he's like all right I guess not but I I do love that relationship that dynamic between Chase and Finn I don't know but that's the thing then Chase does it again you know like oh kids complicate things well he actually he said that to Willow he did you're right they're they are peppering in a lot of little clues as to what might happen next it's really interesting okay but you also mentioned Jason in that whole sentence so Jason oh my god I have to admit I didn't like the scene of him like trying to get the name like the dude who was on the ground and he was like I'm gonna shoot you and give me Cyrus's name blah blah I wasn't a fan of him in that scene Mm -hmm. but him in the scene with the two men and the explosion and the slow motion and him walking away I was like yes this is Jason well yeah because it was like the least violent you know he wasn't like I'm gonna kill you I'm a hitman it was more like I'm going to let you live. You can, like, leave. You can tell your boss. <laughs> do whatevs. <laughs> it was, like, a softer side. So it's definitely easier to digest. But it was just, it's the strategy. Like, I was really surprised that Sonny came up with that because I didn't feel like he was, I don't feel like he was prepared for the situation. Obviously, yes. we know that. Second, I didn't think that he would shake that off enough to have the appropriate strategy because Sonny, he's lucky that he has the people around him that he does because for a mob boss, he's very reactive instead of strategic. And when they thought about this and Jason did it, I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So like we're back on. Thank you. That is exactly how I felt because when I, it made me feel so much better when I saw that Cyrus actually looked like he was hurt, like that Sonny actually hit him where it hurt a little bit. So that made me feel like, okay, so maybe there's a reason to have confidence in Sonny and Jason because we haven't really seen them do this thing in a long time, but because it didn't really seem like a guy who was so ruthless with no code, I was like, well, what do you do with somebody like this? Exactly. So I feel like they've kind of figured that part out. Well, yeah, they have hit him where it hurts. It's the finances, the relationship he has overseas. And I love this. Okay, so one of the cops was like, uh, Sonny doesn't do drugs. I think Curtis had said it. And I'm laughing because in one of the podcasts, that's awesome podcast, Steve was like, do you even know what we do? He's like, we know it's not drugs and we know it's not guns. So like, what does, so they don't even know what Sonny does. <laughs> and it was when they were interviewing Maxie, I think. And Max, oh, I forget who they were interviewing, maybe Robin. And she was like, well, isn't it laundering money? It's like, yeah, but it has to be dirty from something to launder the money. And I was like, maybe it's counterfeit cash. Maybe that's what he does. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, me too. 
That's, <laughs> that's a friendly crime. Um, okay, so I just to say this. Usually, I always think that if you're going to do something in the show, it's for a reason. And Emma coming home, I thought that there would be a reason. But, like, I don't think that moved the story along at all. Nope. Okay, so <laughs> not just to me then. Not just to me. But I have to say, something I love this week was, like, when Michael cornered Nell in the apartment it was like it's over for real this time (laughs) it's like who are you trying to convince for realsies this time this crime it's over (laughs) oh that's the name of the podcast this crime this time for realsies (laughs) (laughs) oh man um better than undercover babies oh I like that too though (laughs) I have to say this so I think it was Tuesday we saw that Lucas remembered but that was it and so when that happened I don't know why but I yelled out in a really deep voice it happened (laughs) 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 and I scared the crap out of the dogs like and even when I was done I was like where did that come from it was like like it's such a deep voice Because, like, now we know what's going on with Jordan. But what did you think when, like, they found out Mark died? I was like, first Bob, now Mark? And I was like, what does this mean? Because I was like, does she know him? I was so confused because I'm like, okay, she lifted the sheet. And I'm like, okay, okay, like, I think she knew him. (laughs) But, yeah, it's like these, these... The thing is, it's like these random names, like you said, these random people that we don't know what the correlation is, but we have to no. like feel for Jordan. No, my God, that was so funny. Um, okay, so what was your favorite line of the week? My favorite line was, you stole my nephew's baby out of love. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> is it bad that my favorite line is from Nell? No, I love her. She's devious. <laughs> okay, so when Chase is like taking an unconscious Willow out of the apartment <laughs> and in a really soft voice, she's like, bye, Willow. <laughs> I was like, you are crazy. You are crazy. That was my favorite. Hey, did we mention that like Ava may kill Brad? Okay, but also, let's say that Ava was the voice of reason to Julian and Slash wants to kill Brad. So it started off as me thinking she's the voice of reason. And then she's like, let's off Brad. (laughs) Oh, man, marriage. It'll do something to (laughs) you. I don't even know. Yeah, did we talk about that? No. (laughs) Okay, well, that happened. So let's just see if Brad lives. I really want him to survive this. Like, I, I... Like, I feel so bad because he was on That's Awesome podcast and he made a point of saying, like, when you're the villain, you get a lot more screen time. And it's like <laughs> he's been front and center for like a year and a half with this storyline. So, yeah, it kind of sucks now. It does. And I love his Instagram because he'll <gasps> post stuff. Like, so <laughs> funny. <laughs> so I still want to see him unravel. I still want to see his story unfold because he's kind of that teeny tiny villain we love to hate. Because exactly. he's super he's- He's just super bad at it. There cannot be a show without Brad, you know? Like, we need Brad to do Brad things. I agree. All right, so I think that's it for this week. That's it, my friend. Have a good weekend. You too and everybody else. Bye. Bye.